Well, good morning. And thanks to the praise team and Dennis, and it's already been a blessing. I, I, I must tell you, when I was asked if I could preach today, and that happened quite a while ago, I said, oh, I'd love to. And almost immediately after that, I really felt that God wanted me to talk to you about prayer. And ever since then, I've been thinking, what was I thinking? <laughs> Somebody greeted me at the door. I think maybe it was Dennis, and I was talking, and he said, yeah, why don't you just talk about life and try and cover it in 15 minutes? It, it really has been a struggle for me, and I usually don't struggle. I get an idea, God guides me through scripture, and I feel like, okay, I can do this. Well, I haven't felt that way. <laughs> but let me tell you, let, let, you know, our God is so good. So this morning, I get up, and I, about the same time I usually do, and I think I hear these bells, and I did. I heard the church bells from the Catholic Church. And then my phone dings, and somebody says, I'm praying for you. It's somebody that doesn't show up in my contact list. I don't know who it was. So if it was one of you, thank you. And then people that I know sitting here, my friends that know that this has been a struggle are praying for me. And then this morning, and I just listened to it, I missed it, my granddaughter Technology sent me some audio texts and said, Papa, I'm praying for you. So I think I can do it with God's help. Uh, my name is Brad Kromensik. I'm not the new guy. The new guy is in West Virginia, as Dennis told you. Chad is there to do the wedding, to perform the wedding of his brother, and then to pick up Melissa, his wife, and Landry, their little guy, and get in cars and head this way. So that would be something that you could be, be praying about. It's a long trip, a long trip with a little guy, and, you know, all kinds of things can happen. Uh, you look up here, what do you see? Nothing. I'm a low-tech guy. They just asked me. <laughs> they asked me, well, where are your slides? There aren't any. Okay. So I apologize for that. Um, what, oh, I almost, and I have it written down right here. John Kraft, for those of you who have been here uh, for a long time, says hello. He called out of the blue last week. Uh, maybe he knew I was going to preach somehow and called to encourage me. He says, hello, uh, you're in his prayers. They, they survived the Reading fires, uh, 60 homes in their neighborhood were, born, were burned to the ground. Um, and all of that heat may have caused some damage to their home, but their home is standing. And, and it sounded like they were doing very, very well. And they wanted you to know that. When I began to prepare for this, I knew that this would be the school weekend. My history is I grew up as an educator. And I know 
you know, most of you have to work 12 months out of the year. And, but if you're a teacher, you get into that cycle that like September is the beginning of the year. Well, it isn't really, but if you're a teacher, it kind of is. And I always could pray at this time of the year. It just came naturally. I would pray for my students. Um, unfortunately, our schools are filled with kids that have lots and lots of needs. And many of our kids getting out of the summer and into the fall to go to school is a safe thing. It's a good thing. They get to be in a place where they're safe. So it was easy for me to pray. And, and I thought, okay, this will be a good time, a good time to, to, to talk about prayer. And so I'm about to start. Um, when I talk about prayer, what I am talking about is talking to God. That conversation, that very special time that we can have. I'm not talking about mumbling something to the stratosphere. I'm talking about a conversation with Jesus Christ. And what has motivated me to talk to you about this is a desire deep in my heart for a special kind of prayer and relationship of prayer that I would like to get better at. But that is going to be near the very end of my sermon. So I would like to start kind of historically and just going back a couple of years. And my intention is to show you, if you've been around, uh, the power of prayer as we got to see it corporately. So here goes. About a year and a half ago or two years ago, a number of things happened at First Baptist. And they culminated rather unexpectedly in us losing two pastors at approximately the same time. Our senior pastor and our pastor of community left. So that left Shane, the staff, and your leadership, and all of you. That could have, maybe should have, destroyed us. But it did not. It did not because you and many other people earnestly began to pray. And I believe as clearly as I'm standing here today that it is prayer that got us through that. Let me review sort of what happened then. This guy named Tom Hovestall shows up. We loved Tom. We wondered why we were looking for another pastor. It was because Tom said, I'm only here for a little while. He challenged us. He got us excited about the Bible. He got us excited about biblical history. And in his last sermon, he reminded us of many things. But in summary, he reminded us to be grateful, to be truthful to God's word, and to love one another. He said, almost at the very last of his sermon, in the end, 
only two things last for eternity. God's word and people. And I add here, we must be in prayer to love people. And then Chad arrives, an answer to prayer, an answer to a lot of hard work by a lot of people. And Chad, in his first sermon, says to us, we need to listen to the words of God. We need to understand our mission, which is up there on the wall. And we must trust God's promises. I don't think we can do that without prayer. In his second sermon, Chad tells us, through grace and the use of our God-given gifts, we must be in unity with one another. That's hard. You know, we're from all over. Some of you down there are going, this Brad guy, I'm not sure about him. Okay? But we must love one another. I don't think we can do that without prayer. And his third sermon, last Sunday, Chad said, speak love in truth, walk in holiness by loving others well. I can't even imagine doing that without prayer. So after the time with Tom and his challenges and the time with Chad and his challenges, I'm thinking, how do we do this? How are we going to do what we've been challenged to do by our pastors? And I think what we have to do is to become better prayers. Prayer comes in lots of forms. We can pray corporately. We can pray privately. We can pray silently. We can pray out loud. We have prayer chains. There are prayer walks. There are prayer meetings. There are prayer groups. All of those are important, actually essential. You may feel more comfortable in one kind of prayer than another, but prayer is important and essential for all of us. There are some things in my life, and I am not a good prayer. There are some things in my life that I've tried to start to do that help me pray, and I, I just want to let you know what they are. Maybe they will help you. And, and you may have even better ones already. I try, whenever I see a homeless person, to pray. When I hear a siren, I try to pray. This comes out of my time as an educator. Um, when I see what I perceive to be a lonely child kind of trudge into school, I pray. This has happened kind of recently. When I see a group of teens that I think are out way too, light, way too late, huddled around a cigarette, I try to pray. In times of doubt or in times of pain, I try to pray. A sunrise or a sunset. This morning's bells. The texted messages. News of someone's success. 
news of something wonderful. The birth of a child, laughter, thanksgiving. All of those, I, I try to stop and thank God for things or to offer up requests. I would not be honest then with you, and you would be questioning me being up here. Um, so what do I do with the prayers that do not work? Well, first of all, I don't believe there are any. Okay? There are prayers that do not turn out the way we wish they would. And there have been some of those in this community in the last year and a half or two years. Some really hard ones. Kayleen's death. Craig Rice's death. The tragedy on Blacktooth just a couple months ago or a month ago. Right now, Shelby, who I won't point out, but her mother died on Friday. We prayed that those things would not happen, but they do. And, and God knows why, and we do not. And in those times, what we have to allow is for God to draw us in and get us to trust. Because we can't explain some of those things that happen that we wish did not happen. So all of those things are churning around in my head and all of the challenges that our pastors have given us. And I look at scripture and we have verses like Ephesians 4.32. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Wonderful, wonderful passage. I can't do that without prayer. Psalm 46.10, cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Cease striving and know that I am God. I'm not good at not striving. And I'm not good at just being quiet. I need to learn how to do that better in prayer. First, Seth, First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to pray without ceasing. You know, when I was much younger, uh, a new believer, and I, I, I imagined, what, what does that look like? I mean, am I really literally supposed to be always praying? Well, I think in one sense, we're supposed to be so connected with Jesus that, yeah, Everything that we do and everything that we think about and decisions that we have to make, 
need to be made within that context of we're in prayer and we're being guided and we're listening to how we're being guided. That is what I want to get better at. I would like to be able to pray like the example that we have in John 17, and I'm not going to read that, um, but in John 17, that's where Jesus is praying. Some people say that's the prayer we should call the Lord's Prayer, and the Lord's Prayer is really cool, and we're going to talk about it in that just a second. But in John 17, Jesus prays for himself, he prays for his disciples. And he prays for us a few thousand years ago. Jesus, before he died, prays for us. And if you want an example of intimate, passionate prayer, that would be a place to go to read John 17. I would like to get to a place where in my prayer life it is intimate and passionate. I have, in, and you have it in your notes, it's the only time I, I, I really used any kind of technology, so printed out in your notes is, is um, a copy of the Lord's Prayer. And you could, you could get it out if you want. I, I know that you know it, but um, if I can find it here. Um, depending on what translation you use, you know, the Lord's Prayer is printed just a tiny bit differently. But I am putting out there for you and for me. You know, this is like a sermon for me. So if you can imagine, you're just all a big mirror because I'm the one who really needs this. And what, what I am wanting is I want to get to a point where my prayer time is a time where I go to Jesus for nourishment and guidance. All of the other prayers that I talk about are really, really, really important. And I need to keep praying like that. But what Brad needs is Brad needs to strengthen his prayer time. So I commit to a time when I am with my Lord and Savior in a passionate, intimate way. Where I can listen and be encouraged or rebuked or guided, but that I know that I have this time to be nourished. We live in a time where life goes very, very, very quickly. And I feel that a great need for me is a time to be in quiet time with my Lord and Savior. And so how do I do that? Well. If you read through scripture, or let me back up for a minute. 
I mentioned this whole idea of prayer to Pastor Tom once. And, you know, in his own way, he just said, oh, and I mentioned that I've been reading some books about it. And in Pastor Tom's way, he said, well, you know, most of those books are wrong. And, and, and you know, you learn how to pray by reading the Bible and seeing what it says. Well, I think probably he had something to say there. So I went to Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, the Lord's Prayer. And I have about five minutes to go, and I can't preach on the Lord's Prayer. That could be a series. We could study the Lord's Prayer for 10 Sundays or something. That My intention, and I might have thrown you off, you thought that the sermon was going to be about the Lord's Prayer, and it, it is in a, in a way... My, my promise to you, and, and my challenge maybe, if you want to look at it that way, is I am hoping to get to that deeper level of a prayer life. And what I am going to do is I'm going to start my prayer time always with the Lord's Prayer. Because when the disciples asked him, Jesus said, well, here's how I want you to pray. And what I believe is that by doing that, I will be reminded by the Holy Spirit of things that I should pray for. And it will get me um, in an attitude that I should have when I go before prayer, when I go before God in prayer. And let me read it to you. I, I mean, I know you know it. You could close your eyes or follow along, or but but this is what, these verses say, starting in verse 9, it says, Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For me, and what I've prayed about for what this will help me do, you know, in, in that second part of the first verse, hallowed be your name. You know, I grew up in a, in a family that um, my dad was Catholic and my mom was Protestant, and they just agreed that that's how it would be. And they both were believers. And in the 60s, when I became a Christian, in that sort of Jesus freak time, I mean, I was like really thrilled about what had happened and how God had worked in my life. And I remember kind of running home or being excited and telling my dad that Jesus was my best friend. And my dad was very supportive. But he said, he might have said Bradley. He said, Bradley, do you understand who it is that you're calling your best friend. 
I, I get that. We need that relationship. But sometimes there is that majesty that we have to remember. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit created everything. And it's easy, I think, to sort of miss that. Or maybe it's easy for me to miss that. So when I look at the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going to start my prayer time, that is going to be a reminder to me. Not only is Jesus my personal Lord and Savior, he is the creator of everything. He is majestic. And hallowed be his name. In closing... And if you followed me along so far, thank you. This might ruin it. Um, yesterday, well, in the last few days, there were some, um, what would I call them, big funerals. Aretha Franklin, John McCain. And so... Who would have known? God did. I certainly didn't. But who would have known that in this time when I'm talking about prayer, on the national airways, there were some amazing prayers said in the last few days. And at John McCain's funeral, a hymn, a song that we don't hear a lot, was the Battle Hymn of the Republic. It was done in an incredible way. If you get a chance to just listen to it, talk about the entire gospel. <laughs> just being said out there for everybody who heard that who heard that hymn. But here's where I'll blow you away for a minute. A, a quote, a man who I am quoting, but he was quoting, Barack Obama quoted Ernest Hemingway. And I think we will hear these lines in the future quite a bit in the, in the news cycles. And here's what Barack Obama said when he was quoting Ernest Hemingway. Today is only one day in all the days that will ever be. But what will happen in all the other days that ever come can depend on what you do today. And I would like to add, this is particularly true for believers immersed in prayer and obedient to Jesus Christ. If we are about that, we can change by being obedient followers, of, obedient followers of Jesus Christ every day. Let me close in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, first I want to ask forgiveness for being so afraid. It, it, it was quite the week. I knew you would help me, and, and thank you. And thank you for all who prayed for me, encouraged me. Father, it really comes from the depths of my heart that somehow, in some way, you have spoken through me, and that as individuals and as a congregation, we will, we will become better at intimate, passionate prayers. It is in your son's name I pray. Amen.